Charles, we got news, we got clips, what you really wanna know? Uh, entertaining guests, ain't no telling who you might see. Entertaining guests, like it ain't telling who he might be. You can say anything in your rap if you really heat, like bada boom and bada bada bow and bada bada bean. If you join the show, then you might learn a little couple things. Like how I'm trying to make this bar rhyme with positivity. Like how I'm trying to say I'm unselfish with magnanimity. This show might just change somebody's life with the possibility. And now, podcasting with pride from a down river suburb of the greatest city in the world, Detroit, Michigan. It's Wednesday night. Welcome back to Bright Side of the Hump. We are here to get you on that glide to the weekend. It is March 1st, and that's Mets' official start to spring. Rejoice! Tonight's guest joins us from Canada. He's an entrepreneur, communications coach, and is on a noble mission to provide free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Brendan Kumarasamy will join us in a moment. First, though, Crisis Text Line provides mental health support via text. Simply typing HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741 connects you to a counselor who can share mental health resources. It's a wonderful Practical, life-saving service that needs three things from us, Brightsiders. They need volunteers, money, and help getting the word out on social media. Go to the webpage for this podcast and click on the donate link for all the details on how you can help. Brightsiders, a 2014 Chapman University Washington Post poll said that the thing Americans fear most is public speaking more than snakes heights even drowning so tonight we go to our friendly neighbor to the north and learn how to master communication so we don't need to fear it our guest has the noble and simple goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world to that end he founded the master talk youtube channel and teaches a workshop called Rockstar Communicator. There are quasars in the universe that put out less energy than this guy. Without further ado, please welcome Brendan Kumarasamy to Bright Side of the Hump. Welcome, Brendan. John, the pleasure is absolutely mine. What a killer intro. It's great to be here. <laughs> Brendan, were you always a good communicator? Definitely not. I grew up in Montreal in Canada, which is a city, for those who don't know, where you need to speak French. So my whole life, John, I was presenting in a language I didn't even know. So I'd look at an audience and go, uh, bonjour. And I also have a physical disability in my left arm. So yeah, go figure. Who inspired you to do what you do? Who inspired me to do what I do? 
you know, in many ways, it was the people I was helping. So, so the backstory behind Master Talk, John, was when I was in college, I studied accounting, which is really funny and completely <laughs> random, which has nothing to do with what I do today. Sure. And, and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys <laughs> my age were like playing basketball or rugby or football or something. I was doing presentations professionally, like in competitions. That's how I learned how to communicate. But then as I got older, I started helping the other students just for fun because I wanted them to win those competitions like I did. And then I just accidentally developed a talent on how to communicate ideas. And that's what led to the YouTube channel. So I guess the person who inspired me were my students and the people that I saw creating content on YouTube that I felt didn't have a lot of the ideas that I wanted to share with the world. That's excellent. And then did that just naturally lead into the career you have now? You got it. And that's that's what plays into your last question really well. So nine months into Master Talk, it was just meant to be a hobby, right? So every week, literally, I would make a video in my mother's basement with my phone and just post it on YouTube. That's that's what it was at the beginning. And I had made no money from doing it because I was doing really well at IBM as a technology consultant. But then I met my business partner, Vamsi Polimetla, who's the CEO of Make More Leaders at Lewis Houses Conference, which is in Columbus, Ohio, of all places. And he is the one who inspired me to turn Master Talk into a business because his thought process, and he ended up being right on point there, was, wait a second, Brian, you can share free resources of the world. I love the mission, but you should be spending 100% of your time doing this, not 20% of your time doing this. So instead of being a meeting at work, why don't you use that hour guest on podcast, do things like that, and start a coaching business where you can train high-level CEOs, and they'll fund the channel for you. And that's what ended up happening. Oh, that's fantastic. Did you have a career in accounting initially? <laughs> I did. So I worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers for a year and change. And I loved it, actually. It was super fun. But I just realized my, my purpose was elsewhere. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, what gets in the way of good communication, Brendan? So many things, John, but I would say the biggest piece that gets away from good communication is consistency. And what I mean by that is if you take an exercise that I teach called the random word exercise, where you pick a word like cup or trophy or paper towel or home, and you create random presentations out of thin air. So you don't need a structure. You don't need to overthink it. You just pick a word and do it. And that's what brings the biggest blocker, John. The biggest blocker is people are not willing to book 15 minutes in their calendar every day to just do the exercise. In the same way that with fitness, people who want to lose weight or get in better shape, the challenge is not, oh, they don't know how to calorie count properly or they don't know how to pick the right diet plans. It's that they're not willing to walk 15 minutes every day and just eat better food. And it's the same thing with comms. That is amazing. It, it's a habit. You have to develop the habit and and build from that. Absolutely. How big of a role does preparation play in successful communication. For sure, John. So preparation is two-faced. So one phase is how do we just practice it like our fitness every day to just get in better shape with their communication? So that means in my book, doing the random word exercise five times a day in the shower. You're in the shower, you pick shampoo, you pick doorknob, you pick a house and you create random presentations out of thin air. And you just do that every day. Like sending video messages, pick two people that you love today. You really love your brother, your sister, 
your nephew, hopefully you got somebody you love in your life, right? A friend. Send them a 20-second video message to say, hey, happy birthday or I really appreciate you and having you in my life. You're the best. Hope you're having a rock-solid week, right? So that's the second piece. And then the third piece is, you know, question drills. Just answer one question every single day. And if you do that every single day in a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your life, your expertise, and you'll be a lot more efficient. But in terms of the prep in a formal way, that's more about saying, okay, are we really taking the time to take a presentation and prepare it? Which brings me to like the jigsaw puzzle analogy. In puzzles, John, we work on the edges first when we build the jigsaw puzzle. So just do the same thing with your presentations. Practice your introduction 20 times before you do anything else in your presentation. That is fantastic. It makes so much sense. What's something that people can do every day in their normal interactions that could help them improve their communication skills. Absolutely, John. So let me start the context first, which is for me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of those balls is body language. One of them is storytelling. One of them is 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 filler words. One of those vocal tone variety. And it gets really confusing really quickly. So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we can juggle those balls, we'll gain momentum. We'll get better at the skill. And that's what I encourage your audience to do, which are simply this. Book 15 minutes in your calendar every single day to do the random word exercise five times. Pick five words, cup. I'm going to pick phone. I'm going to pick pistachio. I'm going to pick mouse pad. Create random presentation. That's one. Two is pick three people that day that you're going to send video messages to that you really love, that you go, hey, I just really appreciate having you in my life. Don't overthink it. The only rule to that exercise, John, is you're not allowed to retake the video. That's the game. That's number two. And number three is the question drill, which means think about your life. Think about your life at work, in your family, and write down the questions that people ask you in your life. Maybe they're asking you for advice. Maybe they're asking you where the laundry is. Maybe they're asking you, do I look fat in this dress? Write down those questions. And ask yourself, hey, you know what? If I had a second chance at this question, how would I answer it better? And if we do that once a day, we'll definitely keep the doctor, at least Brendan, away. (laughs) Very good. Brightsiders, utopian societies have been tried to varying degrees of success for as long as there have been people trying to learn how to put up with each other. To me... It's enjoyable and worthwhile to dream of ways to make life better for yourself and those around you. Even though most likely none of us will ever find ourselves with the opportunity to create a society from scratch, it's possible that the best ideas from what that society would look like could be folded into our existing lives. My utopia wouldn't be perfect. It would only be better. But the first thing I'd want is less focus on work for work's sake. Like punching a clock is some form of salvation from a slovenly abyss. I have this old cabinet in my garage that my grandpa had in his plumbing workshop. It still has little cartoons tacked on the side that my grandpa put there in the 40s and 50s. One of them reads, Our forefathers thought nothing of working a 10-hour day. Dot, dot, dot. We don't think much of it either. In my utopia, we would have a four-day work week and work six hours per day 
because that seems like a sufficient amount of time to get shit done. So how about this? We show up for work on Monday, clock in around 10, head home around 4 so you can have dinner ready and be eating in time for the 5 o'clock news. We get at least 6 hours of recreation before we settle into bed around midnight with plenty of runway to still get a solid 8 hours of sack time before we wake up to do it all again on Tuesday. But Brightsiders, Tuesdays are like Fridays in my utopia because Wednesdays are midweek recharge days. That's right, Brightsiders. We work two days, then we get Wednesday off, then we work two more days, then we get two days off. I fully realize this removes some of the meaning of hump in hump day. You might consider this a branding error. I call it a small but worthwhile sacrifice to make for a better society. Society tells us that the norm for work is eight hours per day, five days per week. But that's just a symptom of time and practice. It used to tell people they should work 12 hours a day, six days per week. Reducing it by four hours a day and one day per week didn't ruin anyone's work ethic. Reducing it by two more hours per day and one more day per week wouldn't either. We need to value relaxation, fun, and mental wellness over everything else. And in my utopia, we would. They say brevity is the soul of wit, and you discuss the value of being succinct. Do you have any tips on how to get better at brevity slash succinctness? For sure, John. So for me, being concise is tricky to master on day one. So what I encourage your audience to first think about is, are we taking action on the advice we already heard? Are we booking that time to do the random word, all that fun jazz, so that we're building that momentum? Which then brings us to speaking more concisely. Let's use the question drill as an analogy to demonstrate this, John. So the first time I answered a few years ago, where does the fear of communication come from? I obviously didn't know the answer. I looked at the guy who asked me the question, said, what do you mean? Where does the fear come from? I was like, I don't know, dude, Uh, London, New York City, Los Angeles. So I would ramble for like, oh, yeah, uh, the fear of communication comes from. But what happens is when I redo the same question on my own, to your point, my brevity becomes a lot more efficient because I look at that same question, I answer it better. And then that one's gibberish. Oh, it started in the education system and then edu- in yeah. the education that this happened. But when I do it the hundredth time, now it's a, it's a perfect monologue. It's a story. It's very concise and it always hits the bullseye. But the key is it's really difficult for us to communicate in a concise way in general. So what I'm going to challenge your audience to think about in the same way you did so well with your, your introduction of me today is to pick one or two things in our life that we find ourselves repeating a lot to different types of people. And that one or two things is what we should focus all of our energy on commuting more concisely before we try and take a general approach to that skill. Oh man, that is fantastic. I think that's something I find difficult. Uh, I feel like when you're presenting, you're thinking at the same time you're presenting often. And I feel like that is probably where the uh, brevity (laughs) doesn't, doesn't happen as well. 
and you're getting back to the basics of preparation and uh, practice. And, uh, you know, just like in the old days, we would talk about your upfront commercial. You know, you always had an introduction, uh, a way of describing yourself, your upfront commercial that you've practiced 50 times uh, a day. And and then you move into it. See, my brevity is absolutely poor as can be right now. I'm an example of uh, exactly what not to do, listeners. <laughs> but, John, your voice is so smooth that people don't even care. They just want to keep listening to you. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thanks, Brennan. I appreciate that. That's Mrs. Metzger would tell me the same thing, but I cannot rely on her objectivity. She, uh, you know, every, everything that I'll come out with, she'll go, Oh, that sounds really good. I'm like, come on now. It, it can't, you know, not all of them, but, uh, all right. Now, just in a little fun way, why are Canadians so nice, Brendan? <laughs> you guys are great. You know, I live, we live in Detroit, so we get to experience, you know, we go over to Windsor and, you know, it, it really is. You, you drive across a bridge 15 minutes away and you're in a completely different environment. So tell me, why are Canadians so nice? You know, it's so funny. I actually, I've been to Windsor once in my life. And I because I didn't have my Canadian passport, I couldn't visit Detroit, which is unfortunate. We were really sad about it. Because we didn't know it was literally in front of Windsor. Like you literally walk <laughs> over the bridge. I was like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so that's one part. The, the other part is, I don't know why Canadians are so nice. You know what I found also, John? A lot of Americans are pretty nice too. I think there's, there's nice people around. You just got to avoid. I, I think it's more the fact, the reason why you're saying Canadians are nice, it's because you attract nice people into your life because you're a nice guy, John. I think it's more that is the, the real argument I would, I would deliver. Oh, I suppose so. But, you know, <laughs> it's the whole thing, you know, like when people say, you know, I keep running into jerks everywhere. It's like, well, if you run into jerks every once in a while, then maybe you're just running into jerks. But if you're running into jerks all the time, you might be the jerk. <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> right. it's the reflexive of that. <laughs> think, think of it like this, John. You, even if I barely know you, what I can say with a fact is you're definitely not the guy who's going to be yelling at a waiter if the food is not in the right order. You just don't give that off that energy. It's just impossible for you to be that person. So naturally, everyone's just going to be really nice to you. It makes sense. Well, thank you, sir. What other projects do you have in the works, Brandon? Yeah, for me, you know, I'm a boring guy, John. I work on the same thing day in and day out. So, so it's three main things. The first one is definitely the master talk, YouTube channel, the social medias. How do we, how do we keep growing that so we can impact more people's lives? The second one is, of course, the coaching. How do we coach people more effectively, get them better results so I can keep growing everything that I'm doing? And the third one is, is a free training I do for the community, which which is rockstarcommunicator.com. Eight-year-olds come to that call. 65-year-old executives come to that call. And that's really a way for me to, to give back and share this knowledge so people can hear me facilitate. That's excellent. Can you explain Rockstar Communicator a little bit more in a little more detail? Yeah, for sure. Happy to, John. So every every two weeks, what we do is we do a free Zoom call that's live and it's absolutely free. And in that 90-minute session, what I do is I share a lot of tips on how to speak that are much easier for me to deliver in a workshop setting. So I'm, I, I'm still happy to talk about on a podcast. They're just easier in the workshop setting, like the, the communication goals piece where I teach people how to set communication goals. I teach them how to run effective meetings, but we can do role plays on that Zoom call and 
and I do the random word exercise on that call so people can see me apply these tips in live and in, in, in that call and everyone's invited. So even if, even if you don't have the money for a coach, I'd still encourage you to come and it's a lot of fun. So, so that's rockstar communicator. That's excellent. Can you talk a little bit about your YouTube channel and, you know, give me some, uh, information like you have a lot of followers. What, what goes on there? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, so I wouldn't start with follower account, but here, here's what I will say, John, which is, and I'm very fortunate, you know, it grew a lot faster than I thought it would. But for me, the the goal, the mission of Master Talk that you really hit on the nail in the intro is I believe the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. Yes. That's, that's the pull behind the Master Talk channel. So it's how do we become an encyclopedia for communication? So yeah, of course, you know, CEOs, execs will work with me privately, but not everyone can, right? So how do we bring that information to the world? And that's what Master Talk is. Any question you could possibly have about communication, my goal is to answer every single one of them on that channel. Your humility and humbleness is is uh, duly noted. Uh, Brightsiders, I think he has, you know, well in excess of 30,000, uh, maybe even quite a bit more than that, followers and subscribers to that YouTube channel. Uh, so he's doing great things in the world. And that's why we wanted to have you on, Brendan. The bright side of things to me is showing folks all the good things that are going on in the world that maybe we don't get to hear day to day. In media and everything else, we don't always get to hear the the bright bright side of things when, you know, if it bleeds, it leads kind of. So that's what the what the goal here is. Do you have any any parting words for our bright side people out here listening? For sure, John. First of all, it's so great to be on. Thanks for having me. And the the final thought for me is simply a question. And the question, John, is how would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? Communication is so much more than just, you know, giving a speech, getting on a stage, getting promoted, making more money. It's the way we talk to our family. It's the way that we raise our children. It's the way that we make new friends. And when we realize that, we can use communication to improve the quality of our life. So I encourage all of you today to spend that five minutes, that 10 minutes to reflect on that question and figure out the answer for yourself. And I think John is one of the few examples that is embodies that because you said implicitly, indirectly, that your wife is really supportive about the work that you're doing. So that's because you're a great communicator. If you're always angry at her, she'd be like, you sound terrible, John. I hate you. <laughs> right? So so communication, as you demonstrate this interview, is so much more than just being a good host. It's also being a good host to the people in our lives and leading a more fulfilling life. And that's my final thought. Oh my goodness, Brendan. It has been a pleasure. Your pursuit is noble and you spread a little light everywhere you go. Thank you for shining it on us today. Brightsiders, check out the links to Brendan's website and the rockstarcommunicator.com in the description of this show. We can all benefit from what he's telling us. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks, John. Quick favor, Brightsiders. Give the podcast a five-star rating and write a brief review. Here's your inspiration tune. Hit pause and tickle those keys with something nice. Okay, thank you. 
And also, please share us on your social media. Type something catchy like, this podcast doesn't suck, or not a waste of time, or easy to listen to while you concentrate on something else. However you see fit to spread the bright side is appreciated. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay positive and keep looking for the bright side of things. If you dig it, do it. And if you really dig it, do it twice. <laughs> Yo! Bring that fire, Trench Baby! Hey, fuck all the talking, you want me, come get me, my niggas don't care if y'all the niggas toting He wanna argue and text when I catch on my side, man, I swear he be different in person I'm tryna stay out that way with just me and the gang, I be busy, I'm running up tokens Fuck all the distance, just send me the Eddie and my niggas slide to something like lotion Fat, 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 five, five, sixes, he got the leaning like he off the potion He on the floor, steady begging for life, he was coughing up blue while we laughing and joking I'm really sliding in something that's stolen, I had a talk with my brother, I'm chosen I'ma get rich and I swear I'ma show him, he said keep rapping, so I'ma keep going Exploring the city and getting it popping we scattering out like a human of roaches Fuck all the hoes, bro, I'm trying to stay focused It ain't no love, I ain't showing emotion Broke all the body and he just been itching When we in the street, we just caught in the rolling Something like windows, we sliding, they open Janet, the boys with a wedding and soaked them Fucking with hoes and me thinking with dicks But I guess you ain't heard about magic, she wrote it Chilling with demons, that's killing for free If a bag in the air, do you know they get on it? Never stay lacking, forever stay posted And I remember them nights to know who they're not white But I swear we ain't never had motion Caught him at night, he was at a green light But he knew if he grabbed me, the doctor, I saw him Get in that room and start talking and folding I was in I'm getting thug in love with that money, my paper was thick in the folders I'm on my way to the top, but I keep getting stopped Cause the devil keep grabbing my shoulder I be up thinking that night, so confused about life It had changed ever since I got older Fuck that, dude got your pipe Hop out that hoop and start upping and bowling And he got the running from losing his life 30s and 40s, I'm tired of the talking Said over and bodies, it's something I like Coming to shoot, I ain't coming to fight You just be talking and you never bothered it If you really bothered, I'm coming at night Shout out your buddy, he next to the angels And he really bigger than all of the flights I got a switch, yeah, I'm towing the dike Riding the shockers and getting some Money. I come from a struggle and riding bikes Me and my brother, we forever thuggy You know we the toughest, you rolling the dice